As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Happy Friday. Thank you. Uh, Every week, I think, you know what? I wonder what we're going to talk about. And then somehow the universe gives us things to talk about. (laughs) Jim DeBacchus is joining us on the phone from an undisclosed location. Greg Hughes is He's in a bunker. He's decided to give up. He has tried in like eight consecutive podcasts to convince us to become like Wuhan, China, and go indoors and never come out again. I debate the point. So Jim has given up, and he's now in a bunker somewhere in China, in Wuhan. And he has decided if he can't beat him, join him. So he's there. Jim. Thank you for joining us. Wow. It's, it's the highlight of my week, I'll tell you that. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about. Let's talk about what's the newest. Uh, President <laughs> Trump, as we found out last night, um, late last night after the newscast ended at 10, uh, President Trump and the First Lady, and now we know Senator Mike Lee, have all tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, they're obviously in the early stages. Uh, we just got a note from the doctor, uh, the White House doctor who's treating them, and said uh, that the president is getting a cocktail, not like a good Whoa, cocktail. Oh, so just like, hey, you know, here's <laughs> yeah. to have a, like, it's been a tough day. No, <laughs> it's an antibody cocktail, and apparently it's showing promise. I was just reading up on it because this just came out, but it's from Regeneron, and apparently it's something they give you, you know, if you're at home and not feeling well, kind of get you going again. I think it's done through IV, but I could be wrong. He's also taking uh, zinc, vitamin D, Feminidine? I don't know what that is. What about the antibodies that they said that from blood transfusions, if yeah. from people that had recovered and they had the antibodies in their blood? I wonder if he's ta- if the president's uh, taking that because that was approved. That was one of their yeah. announced uh, treatments. Yeah, uh, I think, Greg, the uh, the studies on that have shown that it is not helpful. So. Huh. It's interesting. So anyhow, okay. um, we're watching Darn it, but I, I think really the like doctor I think is giving us work. updates as they go. And it sounds like the first lady, uh, president's tired. First lady has a cough and a headache. So well, that's look, where we're at transparent today. About it. Isn't it nice good. to know what's going on? I mean, I, I actually think that we are all going to learn a lot uh, with the president of the United States, all eyes being on uh, the White House, uh, how they how they navigate it. I think I think we'll we'll gain some uh, deeper perspective uh, on this virus as we watch this happen on October 2nd, which usually is the silly season where something crazy happens in politics. It does. On October 1st or 2nd. I just didn't expect this one. Twitter is so toxic today, too, because everybody's just like, Are they rude? karma, and, yeah. you know, They're just I hope being the president rude. dies. And I'm like, come on, guys. Have we lost that hum- much humanity that we're wishing that on people? And even if you're wishing that they get COVID and die, even at that age, which is a more susceptible age, and you have to be careful, whether it's uh, Biden or Trump, you still have a 98% Didn't social norms rate. just make us think <laughs> yes. that without saying it out loud, though? Or are we just past that now? We can just I say whatever know. crosses our Apparently, mind. Apparently, after the last debate, but I said yeah, something on Twitter yeah. today, like tweet positive, test yes. negative, ah. and people were like, Rawr. "They like, were just, everything makes." Look, them here's angry. what they need to be embarrassed because I listened with her, with Speaker Pelosi's lips to my ears via 
Fox News. Oh, I'm I, like her lips were on your no, ears. No, she was more. speaking through the the TV camera and to the network into my uh, office at home, and I heard her say, "I pray for the president often, but I am particularly praying for him now, and and for the first lady, and I want them to, I want there to be a speedy recovery." And there wasn't anything laced. There wasn't a, a then gotcha. It was a. It was a. At least I saw. I, I thought was a nice uh, sentiment expressed. And if Speaker Pelosi can do that, then I think Twitter, the Twitter nation can do it too. All right. So here's the big question. So Jim, I know that you're in your bunker, so I don't know um, how much <laughs> technology you get where you're at. Uh, but did you actually watch the presidential debate a few days ago? Yes, I did. Okay. But let me just say before we get to that, um, last night at uh, whenever it was, um, I happened to be up and and uh, heard saw the president's uh, tweet, and I put a, a tweet uh, on my Jim Debacca Citizen Facebook, which said, um, "I feel no joy at the situation. The president and the first lady find them in. This is terrible, and let's let's remember our humanity." You know, I got a, a, a nine hundred or a thousand or twelve hundred responses. Half of them were, um, I mean, I've never deleted so many um, responses to a um, to a social media post. I mean, because they are vitriolic. This is a this is a very bad sign, and I hope it's just electioneering and that these fissures and divisions in our country are not uh, creating irreparable ties. Thank you. I, I you know, Jim, and I I would echo that sentiment. I think that. You know what, uh, President of the United States, uh, this virus is in our communities. It is it is highly contagious. We are taking precautions. But I think that's a, a sober reminder uh, in terms of a White House that is absolutely uh, with strong protocols, and you're seeing that happen. Um, and I don't think anyone well, should take joy in it. we didn't exactly see strong protocols. We saw a Stronger than what I'm taking. Who got, who got word of Hope Hicks's situation he got word of it and he had spent a lot of time with her who said, Oh, what the hell I'm going to this fundraiser. Anyway, got on the helicopter, got to a fundraiser, didn't wear a mask and interface with a bunch of donors. I mean, it's one thing to, to feel sad and hope the president feels better. It's another thing to call him out for what has been a horrendous response to this COVID and uh, thinking about himself once again yesterday with those with, with those actions they're despicable yeah i, I wasn't aware that he's not the kind of thing that, that uh, chain of events happened really that way cares about the country would do are you i haven't heard was that. this yesterday i know jim's breaking news to me too here's the situation i know we all probably have missteps when you're sick and you do something and you regret it i know we're all supposed to be careful careful right now but i think we also have to be careful of not victim blaming too when people get sick people are being so nasty when you get sick and Ultimately, we don't always know where we get sick from, if it's the grocery cart, if it's because we touched the mail that somebody else touched. But interestingly enough, I've had to call into the COVID hotline here in Utah a few times because I've been around people who've been sick. But um, they don't even want you to get tested now unless you've been with someone solidly for 15 minutes within six feet of each other. And so I think it's interesting to know because on social media, everyone's trying to find pictures of somebody who was next to someone taking a picture real quick. 
And I'm guessing unless they were actively coughing in your face, if you were just quickly taking a picture, hopefully you're not getting sick. So, so let me ask you, I, I was in a campaign for governor and, you know, I in heard about that March, <laughs> April, May and June. But uh, one of the candidates, Governor Huntsman uh, and Mary Kay Huntsman, both got co- uh, coronavirus during the campaign. And I but I wasn't hanging out watching social media. I was what was the sentiment then? Were people nasty about it? With uh, the former governor and, and they Mary weren't nasty, Kay, or were they? but they were doing the social media hunting. Like now, people were looking for pictures of them. I think there was maybe um, an event that was in Logan yeah. that I think people were, you know, pointing out because they'd been up there at a park in Logan or yep. somewhere in Cash County yep. without I, masks I on. So event, I think people like to go find the point of where they think it came from and cast blame. And I think it's a good reminder to be careful, and we all need to be careful. But I'm sure we've all made missteps along the way. I, the other day. Uh, it's one thing when we make a misstep. It's another thing when the president of the United States does. That is true. But I admit, like, if somebody wanted to screw me over right now, they could. Like, the other day, there were some people behind uh, the set when we were yeah. broadcast on Main Street in Salt Lake City, and they were, kept doing, like, these little hand motions like they wanted to take a picture after the show. And we wear masks inside the station, but when we're on set, we don't wear masks. And so it was like 1045, we're about ready to leave. And they're like, come out, come out. And so Mark and I were like, okay, we're going to go take pictures. These people came downtown to see the show. We got out there. And because we'd been on set, we realized, oh, shoot, we don't have our masks on us right now. So we took a picture with him real quick. But those are the kind of things that yeah. if somebody wants to get mad at you, they go viral. And they're yeah. like, look, how uncareful these guys are, you know? So yes, no, it's true. We just have to be careful of when you see something to know the whole story. And I don't know. Just be nice. Well, I saw pictures in a lot of video. I didn't know there's a lot of cameras on Hope Hicks. I didn't know that that there was as much B-roll of this staffer. That then she's, she's pretty. Yeah, but why. she has, but she has a mask on all the time. Like they showed her in a, in the Air Force or the Air a Marine one, I guess the the helicopter mm-hmm. where you can see them inside. And this is past footage; it wasn't in real time. But you could see she was having she had her mask on as she was speaking with the president and. Uh, I saw uh, they showed a lot of different scenes where she had her mask on, and so I don't Chris know. Christie, I, Chris Christie said today on um, Good Morning America, he was there for preparations for the president, and there was not masks were not worn by anybody during the preparation. And, and look, if we want to be honest Christie, about just this, a whiner. the president has not been good about masks. He has not said wear masks. He's made fun of people no. like Joe Biden. Yeah, here we go. Let's just get into that. This came up during the debate, Jim. Let's talk about it because that came up during the debate. It, he did not. He, he pulled the mask out of his pocket. He, this idea he doesn't wear a mask isn't true. He wears the mask and he oh, encourages you're it as well. reinventing history on that one. <laughs> I don't know that he's always worn a mask. And um, definitely people feel differently about it. There's people I'm sure listening right now who say, you know, live and let live. It's, you know, a virus. I'm going to catch it. And if I catch it, I do. And there's people who wear a mask he says um, when literally in the shower, it. like I do, yeah. which is actually <laughs> nice because it does double duty because not only are you protected in the shower, but you like shampoo it up and clean it. So it's like ready for Wait the next. Minute, do you wear a mask in the shower? I do. Yeah, I just funny. wanted you guys all that's to know that. TMI. Safety first, right? Yes. <laughs> I want photos. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> good, not exactly going to happen. Only Jim could ask that. <laughs> right. It's not being appropriate. Oh, gosh. All right. So with President Trump's... Did you call me a pervert? No, yep. I said only Jim could ask and not be inappropriate. Oh. oh uh, yeah. See, but I don't think you can get a free card just because you're gay. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
All right, I want to talk about an important event that's happening here in Utah next week. Uh, the debate commission, before we got these COVID positive tests, we're trying to do some retooling, trying to figure out how to make sure that we could get uh, the two men who are running for the office of the leader of the free world to behave in a debate. We'll discuss that in just a minute. But while they're trying to get these new rules ready to go, we're also dealing with um, the next debate that's coming up, the vice presidential debate here, and whether or not we're going to have the other two presidential debates, because obviously the president's in quarantine. He may feel fine and be ready to go in 10 days, or he could be down and out for a few weeks, so that could change everything. So uh, we're keeping a close eye on the vice presidential debate. Uh, I was just listening to Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute at the University of Utah. They said they're being very careful. They're following the Cleveland Clinic. I think they're kind of the advisor over these. That's right. Uh, debates and all the rules. I know I have to go get tested before I go to the debate. Anyone inside the sec- secure perimeter? Is it a saliva one or that, that yardstick they stick up your I think it nose? might be the rapid test, but I'm not sure because they said it was that we were going to perform our I've own I've seen a video of that, and I'm not doing you it. You haven't I, had it done? Oh, no, but it looks, it looks like it just... It should come out the back of your head, that thing, so long. I it don't. does not it's feel awful. good. I had it done. You've had it done, too, Jim. It feels like they're yeah. scratching, like, with a cat nail on no your brain. No way. It looks horrific. I, look. Once they jam it up past your brain, they have to keep it there for a few seconds, and then they pull it out and stick it's, it in the other uh, muscle. I mean, it, it's awful. There's got to be a saliva. they gotta, they got to up their game on this testing stuff. They can't keep using that. That's, like, primitive. That's, like... I know, but I thought I had a hard time watching people get that stick up their nose on TV because we have to show the video. I like less watching people spit. There's something about people spitting in those no, little cups. I take, I take the spit over that. I'm telling you, it's a yardstick. It's it's a yard. It is three feet. It that is thing, very long. It is very, it's, yeah. it's horrible. All right. Looking. You should get the test done just to know how it feels. Just no, so you can say I want been no there, empathy on this. I don't. I want, right. I want better testing. All right. Well, um, does this change the race at all? Jim, you go first. Uh, obviously, we've got a president who is in quarantine as we're in the final stretch. These last four weeks are important. It controls the narrative. It can uh, change voter turnout. Does anything change, or is it just the president's at home for a few days? Let's get back to the VP debate. Okay, um, let's do that. So, um, you know, the hoity polloities in the Utah legislature and the governor just love the idea of getting everybody here, and they could be in the hubbub and kind of mixed with all the cool people. It is a big deal to have it here. They grabbed over $2 million of taxpayers' money to subsidize the thing, and they got some other corporate sponsorship. And now where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves back where we were in February and March when – Park City and Summit County were the epicenters of the virus spread in Utah because all the visitors came and they all flew in and the jet setters all came and boom, they left, but they left the virus here in record numbers at the very beginning. I am saying, call that debate off. It's time we did it uh, on video. It is ridiculous to bring three or 4,000 people from around the country and around the world and journalists who travel a lot of places who may or may not be infected and and may or may not bring another wave to Utah. For what? So our royal politicians get a chance to show themselves off and meet in, in little power breakfast. This is bull. And to put the people of Salt Lake City in particular, but of the state in danger uh, now, given everything that's happened, we realize that even the president of the United States is not safe from this virus. Well, there is some risk, but here's the question, Jim. It's stupid 
and it ought to stop. Isn't right this important now. to democracy, though, to have these debates that, as the free world here, that yes, we're yes, putting we everyone on stage and talking about it? But, but there's no reason to have them live. There's no reason why they can't zoom like everybody else in the world. I would done. say, look, I, the, the, we're talking. We're, let's let's just recalibrate here for a second. We're still talking about a virus with a 99.9 percent recovery rate for everyone but as soon as you get over 75 and i think it's then 90 what 90 i don't have the exact number yeah 96.4 percent recovery rate and that's with all these what they call comorbidities in addition to uh, this is not the the black plague this isn't something if you get it it is let's plan the funeral send them to the morgue we we are just we have to even with the president getting this virus and reminding us that it is highly contagious we still have to look at the other data that's out there, and we do this every week. This is 99.9% people recover, and we cannot stop society, life, even a presidential election and its process because of this virus. You have to – look, we're, this is, we got American grit, okay? Let's quit being so afraid. Let's understand the, the challenges in front of us, as we've done as a nation for generations – and let's keep going. I think these debates are powerful. I think they're important. And I think that once you have this happen, I mean, we, other than the president and the first lady getting this last night, nothing we've seen, the sports, the college footballs, not only is it playing, the, the, the conferences that decided originally not to are now announcing that they're going to play. So we're, mo we're finding a way to, to grapple with the challenges in front of us and with the, the American way, we're going forward. We're not, we can't keep running and hiding and being so afraid. We're going to handle this. We have the ability to handle it. And the good news is I think there's a lot of testing going on. If you're a reporter going into the White House, I think you're getting tested on a regular basis. A lot of them are coming here. Uh, now, you may get into the airport in Salt Lake City and into our Utah state with the virus, but you won't get into the actual debate if you do. You have to get tested. So... I know they're trying to be careful. I'm hoping it's a safe and happy debate, and I'm hoping that we actually talk issues and have a great conversation. Uh, I am a little disappointed that I haven't um, heard about any possible sit-down interviews. I always think it's fun to sit down uh, with the vice president, with Kamala Harris, maybe to ask some questions. I don't think Kamala's done, at least that I've seen, any interviews with sitting down in local markets when she's there. Um, so let, let me... And I don't know that Biden is right now either, but so, I spoke to him last time around, I think two or three times when he was in town. So Jim, you're the, you're the, you're the seer of all things Democrat and liberal. I can see why former Vice President Biden wouldn't speak because, you know, putting that third coherent sentence together is a pretty high bar and keeping your teeth from falling out on the stage. You know, that happened early in those Democrat debates. But why Kamala Harris, why is she not engaging with the press more this is the most you know bunker you know hunkered down uh, less communicative no interview type of uh, campaign or ticket in biden and kamala harris why doesn't senator harris uh, engage with the media more jim do you have any insight <laughs> i see her on all the time i mean i saw her on times sunday i just think you're looking in the wrong places I know, but she doesn't sit down. She doesn't sit down and do interviews, though. She has events, she? like she shows no, no, up at no, events, I'm and there's cameras about, there. I saw her uh, at least three times after the debate on three different networks. The problem, Greg, is all you watch is Fox, and she was cover. there. I do admit that after the debate, she was there because you know how you have the spin room mm -hmm. afterwards, and there was no spin room. Yep. So her job was to be on the networks and to applaud uh, Biden. But she was there kind of giving props to her running mate, not sitting down and answering questions. 
And I would like to sit down and ask hard questions of both the candidates. And I just feel like I haven't seen those opportunities where I, the questions I are asked. That. Spin room's different to me where you're spinning and yeah. high-fiving and butt-patting. And I don't want that. I, I want to talk issues. I spent a, spent a fair amount of time last week with uh, the, the, um, the Biden campaign and with the uh, Harris campaign talking and working on her accommodations in Utah. And we, we, we found a fabulous, amazing um, situation, but I, I can't talk about it. But Okay, well, I, I, I can't believe you didn't house, just dissuade her just to not have us come, come over. How did you I even, how are you accommodating something podcast, you just said shouldn't I, even happen? I, I, I was going to try to get her on the podcast, but with all the creepy things she's just saying, you know, she <laughs> may listen and say, you know, that's it. I'm not coming. I, no, this I is... Oh, See, I this is the thing is you have for, to have people inside the party that help you. So, Greg, you work on uh, your friend VP Pence. Okay. And, Jim, I need you to work on Kamala Harris. You obviously have been in contact with her people. So just say, I know this Heidi has. This is so quintessential, Jim. Interview. This is like Jim saying, we shouldn't be out buying anything. And then and, and he's, like, trying to hand them dirty dollar bills when we try to buy something, you know, after the podcast. Okay. He just how, got how done telling that? everybody we shouldn't have this. And then later on in this podcast, <laughs> he says – I'm trying to find, I'm, I'm accommodating and facilitating this debate at well, a higher was, level. Nobody else in Utah is doing this, that Jim. Was, that was before the pandemic hit the president and showed that these procedures and protocols don't work. Okay. Is so she staying at your mom. house? Are you having a pillow I, fight? Like this? I'm yes listening. No. Okay. Okay. So, all right, Harris campaign. Look, uh, I got a friend. Um, she's the best anchor in, in Utah. Will you sit down with her? And by the way, she's so freakish on COVID, she wears a mask in the shower. Yes. <laughs> I, this is deal. a good pitch. This I feel will like get this you is the going interview. I think this is yeah. the... This is your niche right here. I think that's a good pitch. <laughs> Jim, I lo- I'm actually going to... I will do that. I will reach. extend myself to the... Uh, Vice do, President right? Pence with the same okay. offer that our journalist is so uh, conscientious about wearing her mask that she wears it in the shower as well. Okay. Wait a minute. Pence will have to take his wife to the interview. <laughs> I would like to say this is a family podcast I have interviewed uh, the vice president. He was not the vice president at the time he was yeah. running, but I've interviewed him multiple times. His wife was not there. I also interviewed his wife. And um, Is it all right? Answer wow. the question. They were both That's lovely. Crap. She was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was actively engaged. Um, interesting, nice guy to talk to. So um, I would be happy to sit down with Kamala Harris too yeah. and talk mama list. You've always been fair. You've always, you're a very fair journalist. So and hey, thank speaking you. Speaking of the president, what did you think about the Atlantic Magazine? Here you have really maybe the finest national LDS uh, um, writer. I'm glad you brought this uh, up. Writing an article, um, he interviewed Cohen, uh, the president's former uh, hitman for eight years. Who's every said, word you live by, right? He could not, he, the president could not say the word Mitt Romney or Mormon without making jokes about um, t- temple garments. Yeah, I so no, I don't, I don't don't believe it. And the president would never, ever, ever do. And well, I think he would find opportunities to. Or is it just what we accept now? The level of um, of kind of 
low-mindedness that we accept from this president, and we go, oh, well. Yeah, so I do think that uh, he would be disparaging Romney uh, in different ways, and it may even include the Did he actually say that? I Honestly, I skimmed the article. I didn't read the full thing. Um, Yeah. But I don't think he said anything specifically when I read the article about making fun of their garments. I read something where he started saying something about Mitt Romney being Mormon, and he interrupted him and said, oh, I'm a Mormon, too. Uh, so yeah, I think, but then, but that, no, and that's why. Oh, it's the Cohen article, guy. It's that. It's, it's McKay that, Coppins. Is that how you say that. his name? Cohen's the guy that his, it's his former lawyer that every Democrat trusts. Every word that this former lawyer uh, has for President <laughs> Trump says is the one that yeah, said he true. said these disparaging marks. This is where I don't give any credit to that article. It's it's because weirdly and uniquely, I have spent a lot of time with Donald Trump Jr. Okay, I've spent it uh, in very small groups. I spent time with him in Are larger groups. It? I've heard Utahns are trying to convert him. Did you give so him a book? So there him? is the there is the issue. I have in all the conversations. Did he offer you any cocaine at all? No, uh, no. There's no there's no drugs. There's no illicit drugs. But there's no there was no discussion about joining or converting to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints in any conversation. And if that ever happened, I was not that I was with him every time he was in Utah or engaging with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. But if he was doing those things. I'm traveling in a small enough group that I would have heard he, he was interested in such a thing and that he was looking to do that. That has never, ever happened around me in any meeting I've been in, right? Even hunt. I don't hunt, but he hunts, and we were. I was freezing on a hill. He was hunting. Um, I like to talk about Netflix. Like, what are your favorite shows on Netflix? But anyway, um, I've been in, like I said, oh, I've been around him enough. That was that is fundamentally is untrue. That what you're saying? What? I was not. I was, not, I was talking about Netflix. I know my son's in Brooklyn. I know. Disappointed. So hard every day in New York, and you're just kind of bypassing your. And and just, just so listeners know, that article said that he was in a in a way to try to uh, ingratiate his father and himself to Mormons is that he was uh, feigning interest in converting to the church, and it it is just fundamentally false. That uh, that that my my point is that part of the article. I believe I know enough and know enough people that have been around him that I would have heard if any of that was true. That part is fundamentally false. And if that's false, I don't, I can't talk Here's about the situation. The I think it's an interesting we, article. We don't, we don't, we can imagine, easily imagine that the president would be uh, making those kind of uh, bad remarks uh, uh, to, in an attempt to get to Mitt Romney about the faith of, uh, of the man. That, that's what's sad about this. Yeah, maybe. And I hope that nobody uses religion like that. I read McKay Coppin's article, and I'd like to say that he's an excellent journalist. Uh, He has a way with words. But I also think on the issue of President Trump, when I read him, I think he seems to have a slight vendetta against him. Here's what I think is interesting, though. In that article, I think he also mentioned, and I didn't know we were going to talk about this, something about when someone was dating his daughter and saying, oh, the Jews are going to take another one of my kids or somebody. I forget what it was. So I'm misquoting it. I don't know. It's a man who may say these things, but he also surrounds himself working um, yeah. in Israel. He has a daughter and a son-in-law. They're Jews. He has his national security advisor, which is a Mormon, uh, Mr. O'Brien. So he obviously works with these people. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never spent well, time with Well, when he was in his rally in 2016, when he came to, to Salt Lake City, he was talking about how many members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that he has that works with him, how he would have to dedu- he would deduct in their payroll their, their tithing. He had friends from Park City, had, and, he, and how highly he would regard, he regards uh, the faith. And he says, and then he quips, 
So much so, I really question: Is Mitt Romney a member? No, 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 but the, but the, but the, no, no, but, but Jim, let me finish. Let me finish the thought. No, Jim, let me let me finish. No, 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 let me let me finish this though. But he quipped at that point. He said, "So much so, is 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 Mitt Romney really a member of this faith?" And it was a joke. The headline, the headline, the next day is. Donald Trump questions Mitt Romney's faith in the most draconian tone and narrative. And it was a joke. And it was just as you just laughed. It was a, what a wonderful faith. Is this guy really a member of this faith? And it was, yeah, it was a I quip. Okay. And it was funny. And so much of what he says, I, I believe uh, people try to take the worst interpretation and the nastiest uh, translation of it. And I think that's, I think that's, and that was back in 16. I think it's unfair. Yeah, I don't like anyone who makes fun of religion. I think that we need to look at people and not their faith. But I also think we need to look at conversations, too, in the light that they were meant. I think that if anyone were to go and record us 24 hours a day, we might say something that could be misconstrued. So, And, and here's the problem. By the fruits, Trump we has. shall know them. Here's the problem that Trump has. From McMaster's and go through the 10 or 15 incredibly close people to him, uh, that he's fired and that have written books and all the rest. Nobody's ever written that, that kind of book about Obama. So these, I'm sure people say a lot of stuff. Trump has the, the, the misfortune of, um, of alienating and, and getting rid of his staff and leaving them with a chip on their shoulders. He so does have a problem with that. all the stories come out and they, uh, they're told and, you know, that, yeah. that goes to another problem that we can talk about another time. Let's do it. All right, this is going to be the lightning round, and I know that we don't do lightning round here very well because everyone says <laughs> so many words. Motion but I want to go through a couple issues okay, really quick because we're, we're already at 30 minutes. Okay. Presidential debate. Greg, who won the debate? I don't want you to just be like, my candidate's the best, but did anyone come out on top or were we all losers? No, I think I think everybody was. I, I think that, uh, I look, this isn't lightning, but President Trump would be the first person to tell you what you've done wrong, and he'd be the first person, uh, you know, to, you know, to, to just be uh, very blunt. And and so I can be this way. I think he, in in failing to let Biden speak and and carry out a thought, he missed that opportunity because I think that what Biden would have said, if given the chance, uh, would have been a stronger case for Trump to make in his opportunities. And so, and look. This isn't selective outrage. You had you had both sides. I would go to Biden calling him a clown and, and the things he said. I think that Americans came away from that, uh, rightfully so, uh, feeling a distaste. And I and that's too bad. And it's just and and both candidates were asked afterwards, "Do you regret how that devolved?" And both candidates are really kind of staying where they're at. They're saying, "Nah, he inter he interrupted me." We got to get this thing. I I, I yeah. just think it's it, it has to be better than that. Yeah, it has let's to put be. ourselves in timeout and be better. Jim, can we be better, or was it fine, and it was all Trump's fault, and Biden was the innocent one here? Look, look it, clearly these were not equal um, quality issues. One of them was a total buffoon, and the other said a couple of things out of exasperation. <laughs> See, he's doing what you said I'll for us not you, to be a homer for our home I'll, team, and there he is. Look at him. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the what the debate did. The Trump people had created this image of Biden that he has Alzheimer's, that he can't walk three feet. I still he's believe stupid, that. That he can't do two words. That he's incapable. You know the usual Trump blah 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 blah. Well, there was not that. 
at that debate. He was I on mean, his game, Biden, but he does seem off some days, and it, I felt like he had an on day. Well, he had enough nap time. No one had seen him for a month before that thing because he was getting ready for it. But here's the thing. Well, say what you want. Naps but, are Jim, good. you know as well as I do. Actually, you might not because I've mentioned this to people, and it's news to them. But I'm telling you, in those early Democrat presidential debates, there was one word. Joe Biden's teeth nearly fell out of his mouth as he was speaking. I don't know if you remember it, but it almost so happened. What does that mean? He has, it means, I'm still it bad for him, though. It means he is the oldest person to ever he run for president true. in the history of this country. He would be older on the first day of that, that administration and that term than any president has been on their last day in office. That is who this is, and I think you can see it. If you go back and look at his debates with, uh, with Ryan, with Paul Ryan, or is that who? Yeah, yeah. The, the Mitt Romney's running mate. Look at look at Joe Biden uh, debating Paul Ryan then, and look at that man today. And you cannot, if you're being fair, think that you're looking at the same person because you're not. I want to I want to get to Cox and Herbert okay. Let's and do it. Okay, we got that wasn't a lightning her. round. I'm sorry. That wasn't lightning. Okay, okay. Here's our here's our next uh, thing. I want to be quick on this. Uh, we obviously had the debate. I was there uh, this week for the gubernatorial debate. Jim, you go first on this one. Were any minds changed? I thought Peterson had a great showing. Uh, he was well-spoken. I thought he was uh, charismatic and friendly. Did he win over any viewers that night? Probably Voters, not. I guess. No? I mean, look, th there are facts and there are numbers, and Democrats, if uh, President Trump or I'm trying to think of a more popular, if Brad Hughes ran for governor, they couldn't beat the Republican. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's the way it is. Even so, Greg Hughes. <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't really matter. But what does matter is the insufferable uh, one party kind of 30 year lock on power in the state that rears its ugly head, and it did in that audit. We have a state auditor uh, who I like personally, but when when he comes to a real tough audit, he kind of makes a pretend audit, and he says two or three bad I, things. I don't agree. Okay, well, let's talk about that audit right now. audit over to the governor uh, to approve, and, and I, I'm sure they changed some of the words and did the rest. But basically, uh, Tugel can say, yep, I did an audit, and the governor said, "Yeah, well, we made some mistakes, but we're not going to we're not going to really understand what happened to the hundred million dollars. What kind of connections were Herbert and Cox? It, it makes some vague reference to um, almost nefarious connections between Herbert and Cox and Silicon Slope and the people there and millions and millions of dollars of running. But that's the end of it. It's over." It's you know, not the end of audit. it. So listen. He can be good with the Republican <laughs> Party, and he did his audit, and we're never going to know what happened. Okay, that's, that's not true because we're going cool. to keep asking questions and putting in grandma requests. If you don't know what a grandma request is, it's what you have to turn into the government for them to turn over um, in information. And I do think that we need to talk to the Silicon Slopes. They have a, a leadership that's over top of them, and I think they need to be held accountable for what they did. I think it was awesome they came together. They wanted to help. In some ways, it helped. In some ways it hurt and I think the only way we grow and get better is to hold them accountable we're working to do that I know our reporters are working on it today I don't know if they've gotten anywhere I am not in the meeting where they're discussing that right now 
But we're going to stay on top of it, and I think it's important to hold them accountable and also the government, too. Uh, Dougal, when he released this, John Dougal, uh, the state auditor, he said that law, a law was actually broken with the uh, purchase of the hydroxychloroquine. There was two different purchases. I believe this was the one for $800,000. The law that was broken was there was no record of who authorized that. Greg, is that an issue if we can't go back to see who essentially wrote the prescription yeah. for it? So let me just say about State Auditor John Dougal, you'll never find a more uh, – he is a straight shooter. And, and, and look, the reason Jim says sometimes I like him is because sometimes when John Dougal does an audit or he calls a spade a spade, Jim loves what he, what he found or what he's saying. If you're frustrated what? with him, you might not like what he's saying, but I'm going to tell you, John Dougal – is 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 i'm telling you if you we've never had an auditor like him he has taken a process and he has brought the the state auditor to a level where they do look for malfeasance they look for uh the misappropriation of funds they they do Everyone they do find it except for elected republican he officials. said no that's I've not true that's not true and and i will say this about I'll, I'll say ever, about this ever about ever the edit, audit after a fellow oh my this gosh, wasn't like a rosy i can't understand I know. anyone right now i know we you don't like trump but we talk over each other just like they did so but look that audit was not kind that audit said that the state was flat-footed it was unprepared it it highlighted that the communication between the health department and the office of um, planning and budget was not uh, no one knew who was in charge. They for were all looking for three weeks. They were some, like doling out millions of dollars during a critical yeah, time without unified command. That is not a rosy uh, audit. I think Where it does. Where did the money go? What were the connections? We're never going to know. Oh, we're going to stay on top by, of it, Jim. By a guy who can subpoena them, John Dougal, because he doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to get angry. The people that can make his. Uh, I don't think together. he's. I don't think he's politically you know, cooking that effort. Two-party system. I think it is an issue. Well, then, the problem is, is no matter who's hey, elected to that If you want a two-party system, be. don't register as a Republican and vote in the Republican primary for governor. How about that? I'm <laughs> you over. Do. You can tell. I can, you tell I'm over that. We have the wacko crazy <laughs> Republicans and the wacko Republicans. That that's where the negotiation is. <laughs> There is. Yeah, okay, I'm I want to bring up one last thing here. So while we're talking uh, money and audits and following the trail, I have not, I'm putting this out there, done the research right now, but there were concerns uh, when we were reporting uh, that Huntsman was possibly running this writing campaign that we weren't getting the full truth. Now, granted, everyone I spoke to said that there was no connection between the Huntsman family and this uh, writing effort that's going on. Um, I got some tweets that came from Owen Fuller, who I believe appears on the Cox and Friends podcast um, with Spencer Cox. So uh, they're friends. He's a supporter. And obviously he was concerned about this because obviously when someone's running against your best friend or your friend or the person you support, you want to make sure that uh, everything's on the up and up. He's uh, sent out some information that, again, I haven't had time. I've got a lot on my plate right now. Uh, that Apparently there's been money after the original primaries that was spent possibly towards polling and payments that went to people that were inside these groups who said they didn't have a connection to the Huntsman's. Is this an issue? Is it not an issue because he's not running now? Can he do that if he wants? Is it dishonest to say that you're not part of the Look, effort if Huntsman, if Huntsman paid money to people who helped him uh, run as a third party candidate, because frankly, nobody got more names, nobody got more involvement, no, nobody got more switches and whatever than I did. And I didn't get a damn dime. I never <laughs> talked to the Huntsman campaign. So I'm filing a complaint. If he was handing out money, you know my address, Hunter. Uh, right? You got so screwed, funny. Jim. I look. I think I. You know what? I do think it's an issue, but I don't think it's as big of an issue as 
the issue that you need to see uh, a Republican Party come together. Even if what Jim says is true, and I believe it, that the Republican nominee is going to win no matter what. You did have a deep field. I'm not, look, exclude me. Say I'm the, I'm the outlier. I was the, you know, I, I as a candidate in that race shouldn't have been in there. Just take every other candidate that ran. Our nominee, our lieutenant governor, right now, not, not attacks or, hey, look what one of the candidates did that he said he didn't do. Really, we should be coming together. And really, there ought, there was there were a lot because there were a lot of good ideas that were proffered in that in that uh, gubernatorial race. It, you've never seen four candidates on a primary ballot before by process. You've never seen it. So by by that definition, it was a deep field. I think it is very important, uh, especially Jim. If we're saying we don't like what we saw on the presidential level and in terms of that debate, have 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 this unity of of candidates. Let them bring some now of the ideas that they unity. discussed and brought, bring it forward to all the decisions being made in behind closed doors between the old buddies and under the rubric of unity. Do you know I've been in Jim Down when when Jim DeBacchus was a state senator, I want everybody listening to know Jim had an office and it had a door. Okay? And that door Fancy. actually could close. It had it, it had a doorknob. Anybody that wanted to get in. And if you pushed it, it would shut. No, I had no power, so it didn't matter. <laughs> the, the big investigation that that needs to be done is an absolute violation of state law. The governor of the state called in one of the candidates, offered him something of value to get out of the race. That's not a little deal. That's not a maybe whatever. That's a fact. Everybody yeah. agrees. That, that is happened, an issue. Including the governor's office. And it's a definite violation of state law. But who enforces that? There's only Republicans. There's nobody to take that case to. What about, and I guess you would have to have Thomas Wright come out and give us the exact wording and what happened. But obviously, I don't know. We need fewer good old boys clubs. We need just girls exactly. who hang out together and turn on each other. <laughs> More women in politics. That's really funny. I, know. I like that. I know. Oh. Well, boys, um, gentlemen, men. Hey, I got one more thing I have oh, to say. Okay. I didn't get, you, asked about the, you asked about the, president, or the uh, gubernatorial debate. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one comment I want to make, because I, I've lived, I was a candidate in these debates, uh, the the Utah Debate Commission, and then KUTV held one. Yes. Whatever the KUTV's format was when it was you and Rod Decker, yeah. and how that was run, that debate was heads and shoulders better than the one that I watched uh, with the D- Utah Debate Commission. Whatever that, and I can't remember the specifics, but I'm telling you, you guys were hard hitting. You. All of us felt beaten up, and that's a good thing in a debate. You know what? I actually hadn't thought much about it till we did our own debate, and I've been disappointed, too. I've been taking part in the Utah Debate Commissions. Each station gets one question to ask. But when I've been coming up with my one question, it's frustrating because, well, first of all, everyone comes up with questions, and they let you have one of them. But what I liked was that you could ask individual questions to individual candidates. Yes. And sometimes when you ask a question, it's not really getting to the heart of the matter because I have a different question for one candidate opposed to the other. Like when I go talk to Ben McAdams in a week and a half and Burgess Owens, I have QAnon questions for one and I have um, house hearings for the other one. And so I think where we um, did something right, I don't know that we were perfect, I think it allowed the ability to ask specific questions on people's records and accountability that with the normal debate format somewhat gets lost. That was, I'm telling you, that was, and I I judge it by how brutal it was. I mean, Rod Decker was not, I mean, he was just hammering me, but that, that is a moment where you got to look, you got to answer. You have to answer the question and he wasn't letting you out. He wasn't letting you loose. And so (laughs) 
I just felt like all the candidates went through that. Yeah. And, and I felt like that was a great refiner's fire. And I appreciate that KUTV did it. When I watched the, this recent debate, having been through that, I did not think it rose to that level. Uh, of a debate, and and it should be more like the one that that KUTV hosted. I know it should have been a little bit nastier, but I do appreciate in a just night harder, where we not even nastier, nastier, but just harder. You but know? harder is good. But I did appreciate. Honestly, I had to go log some video, and that's when you go back and listen and write stuff down after the presidential debate. I went back and listened to the gubernatorial debate, and I thought, you know what? I do like that here in Utah we can have a civil discussion. Uh, Spencer Cox did a nice job that night. Chris Peterson did a nice job. They didn't eat each other alive. So there's something to be said for that, too. Yeah. There was no blood left in the studio, and that was sort of nice. So <laughs> there you have it. So thank you to the candidates who are doing awesome work. Yep. If you have not registered to vote, please do so. Um, Jim, thank you for joining us from your bunker. Greg Hughes, thank you for risking your life and coming in here to the 2 News studio. I'm happy to do it. I give uh, and give and give. And when it hurts, I give more. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm just ready to keep giving. This. I'm like just a here. Blood I am. Donor. Yes. All right. I'm well, um, next week, I'm hoping for a quiet week. I'm fairly certain with a month out from oh, the election. Sure. It will not be. We'll have plenty to talk about. Subscribe. Tell your friends about us. And we're sorry if we say things that uh, rub you the wrong way a little bit. Sorry, I'm not, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.